Talking with Topher is sponsored by slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. Put in promo code T-O-P-H-E-R to get 10% off your entire purchase. More on that later. Let's get into episode 146. What is happening, TWT fans? It is so good to be back on this January 19th, 2023, and I'm so glad to have you all here with me. Um, But before I get into anything today, I want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you to all my subscribers, new and old. I appreciate you all. You're what keeps me coming back here week after week, and you keep the guests coming on i love it so much so keep showing the support share rate review and of course give a thumbs up for those videos uh this is a lot of work to do um so i appreciate everything you all do for me out there um if you are new to the podcast maybe you're just swinging by stopping by checking it out want to see what the guests are all about hit click slam stomp on that subscribe button all right it's absolutely free for you to do it keeps the podcast growing and i greatly appreciate it so do it it's free click the subscribe button all right thank you so much just keep doing that and of course if you want to get more involved with the podcast t-a-l-k-i-m with tofer at gmail.com is the official email of the podcast you can send an audio you can send a video you can send a typed out email maybe you got a story maybe you got a struggle you've gone through and come out on the other side a better person like my guest today go ahead and send that in to t-a-l-k-i-m with tofer at gmail.com Talking with Topher at gmail.com. Send that today. I'll check it out. If I pick you out, you could be a guest on Talking with Topher. So go ahead and send that on over to the email, the official email of the podcast, talkingwithtopher at gmail.com. And then, of course, if you want to follow me, go ahead and click the link tree. That's right. That link tree link is going to give you access to everything TWT, all my social media, all my shorts, all the videos I'm doing, everything TWT is in the link tree link. Whether you type it out or go to the link in the description below the video, you'll have access to everything TWT immediately. So go check that out. Give a click, give a subscribe, give a follow. I greatly appreciate it. And now with all that out of the way, let's start today's episode. Yeah, I got a lot going on right now, but I mean, everything is going well. All right, I'm very busy, I'm on lack of sleep, and I'm fitting in guests, and I'm super excited about it. Um, I didn't think I was going to be able to do this, but I think that was just an excuse I was using, so I didn't have to. Um, And I'm so glad that I fought the urge to be comfortable and then uh, put myself out of my comfort zone, because the guests that I have today, um, absolutely amazing. Uh, it was great to work with him. It's great to work with him on the mats. That's right. He's part of the PMA family. Um, and I'm just so pleased to have him on. Um, I just wanted to give a quick update for everybody out there. Um, I got some rogue pouches, the nicotine pouches to help me quit vaping. I'm telling everybody right now, 
These are the ones that everybody should be using. They are the most flavorable ones I've ever had. They have apple, berry, mango. Incredible. The spearmint, the wintergreen, so good. So, again, I'm working on quitting vaping. I got into uh, new pouches, and these rogue pouches are where it's at. They are absolutely phenomenal, and now I know why uh, uh, Brendan Schaub shouts about them so much. They are absolutely delicious, and they are five bucks a can, and you can get them free delivery. I mean, go and check out Rogue Pouches today. All right. They're working for me um, to help me get vaping uh, free. So that's one of the things I'm working on right now. Um, Everything else seems to be going very smoothly. I'm starting to feel very comfortable in my position, and I'm going to get more into that next week. Um, But today, you're all here for the guest. So instead of me rambling on and on and on like I always do, let's get into today's podcast with my guest, Mason Gray. Bouchard. And what's happening, everybody? I got a fun podcast for all you out there. This is my guest, Mason Bouchard from uh, Professional Martial Arts Academy in Derry, New Hampshire. And um, go ahead and plug and promote anything. All right. So um, I guess I'll just start off with like my personal Instagram, which is uh, Mason Gray JJ. And then uh, I'm a head instructor at a Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Concord called Start BJJ Concord. Um, and then my home academy is Start BJJ New Hampshire. So that's okay. really all I want to plug. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Now, what uh, the, the Concord school I know about, what, yes. what's the other one? Start BJJ New Hampshire? Yeah. That's PMA Dairy, technically. Oh, it is? Yes, yes. But if you oh. go on Instagram, there's two pages. So there's... PMA Dairy, which kind of like gives you an overview of all the programs. And then you have Start PGJ New Hampshire, which is just like specifically for the Jiu-Jitsu program. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so there's a couple pages, a couple pages on Instagram oh. from Dairy. But yeah, PMA Dairy as well. That's where, where I grew up, where I was uh, fortunate enough to, to like get involved with all the martial arts, kind of born into so, it. So let's start there. What was it like uh, growing up in that world? Man, you know, I think as a kid, you don't really get to, like, see, like, the full scope of things a lot of the time. So, I think I took it for granted um, growing up a lot, but it was definitely really special. Like, it's cool nowadays because I have my niece running around the academy, and I get to, like, kind of see her go through that similar process that I went to. But, man, it was amazing, you know. So, uh, my parents were, were split up, so we, like, spent time with my mom and time with my dad. My mom worked a part-time job growing up, so every day in the summer when we weren't at school and stuff, we were at the academy until, like, 4 o'clock, so, like, nobody would be there. I'd, like, invite a friend over, a really good friend of mine, Brett Tatilla, who lived, like, right up the street, and every summer, man, like, we would just go and we'd make up all these crazy games, like, build forts and the other oh, really? shields and stuff, so it was really special, man. It was really yeah. special, and that's just, like, outside of the martial arts, you know, and then, like, you involved the martial arts... That's something I really took for granted as a kid because I didn't really understand, like, the the gravity of it. Right. It was something that I well, kind of just did because my dad did, you know? Well, like, I think that's most kids. You yeah, know what you I know, mean? You, like, if, you, if your parents are showing it to you or trying to get you, you're just kind of a little bit more hesitant. Yeah. Because, like, you just... Th- I think most kids are like, well, you're just pushing this on me, Dad. Or, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? So you want to go your own path. Sure. 
But then you realize later on in life that like, oh yeah, that that was actually a very, you know what I mean? Like I've yeah. swung back on some stuff my dad showed me and I was like, oh, now I get it. Now yeah. I get it. You yeah. know what I mean? A hundred percent. But you used to hang out at the, well, that wasn't until 94, right? When the school opened. Yes. And I was born in 98. So Oh, you were born in 98. Yep. Okay. This is when I start to feel old. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So growing up in that environment, the, you know, the, the divorce family uh, going back and forth, but you went a little bit of a different path. Um, you, you got into lacrosse. That was like yes. your main thing, right? Before, like you were training, uh-huh. you were in and you were in and out, but like you would skip training for months because you were always doing lacrosse. For years, yeah, for, for years. 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 When did you time. actually start doing lacrosse? So I started playing lacrosse. I want to say I was seven years old. Holy shit. Is, is oh, okay. So, so you was... got into, you were, you were doing the... In the jujitsu family, like four years old, playing around, yep. having fun, and yep. then by seven, you were in lacrosse. What yeah. what captured your attention to that? So, I started off playing football because my dad played football growing up. Um, oh, right. So mm-hmm. I got involved in into the football first when I was seven, and uh, you know, a lot of the kids that I was playing football with at the time, they all were going to go play lacrosse in the spring. So my dad got me a stick and. I remember uh, a few times going with, uh, I'm spacing on his first name, but Mr. Billiter. Uh, I played with his son, Todd, like my, my whole life. And okay. uh, he was like, gave me kind of like my first lacrosse lesson, you know, kind of showed me how to throw, pass and catch. But I was too young to start. So I had a stick, you know, I got to play around for a bit. And then eventually I, I got on a team and and um, and I got to start playing. But yeah, lacrosse was like like a lifelong journey. It was It was something that kind of... Captured my eye. I'm very like, I like things that are very technical, mm-hmm. uh, like jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, very technical, right? Um, and lacrosse kind of has that the the aspect of football where okay. like you're still very physical, but there's more of like almost like an artistic expression. Well, it's a pretty brutal sport. Yeah, it's a it, brutal sport, but like I like the the side of it. It's like you know like. There's a certain swagger to it. Like is there? Okay. How you throw the ball, how you shoot the ball, how you cradle the ball, how you, like, dodge somebody. Like, it's all, like, there's a lot of, like, expression involved, and I hmm. kind I of always know that. gravitated towards, like, things that allow me to, like, express who I am through them, if that makes sense. Okay. So I think, you know, like, looking back, I don't think I consciously thought of that as a kid, <laughs> but but I think, like, looking back, that's something that really captured my interest was like the ability like oh i can like i can do this but i can kind of make it my own too you know oh wow so so, I, so how long were you do, did you you did that from seven till what what why'd you stop it so i stopped after my sophomore year in college i was playing in college i got a scholarship to play at southern new hampshire university um i was playing over there but i had a lot of uh head injuries oh like, right the, the concussions i remember vaguely about yeah. Them being mentioned. Yeah. So actually in high school, it was my senior year. Um, I had like, uh, you know, like you get hit in the head, like growing up playing sports yeah. and stuff like that. And you don't really think about it too much. It's just nope. something that happens. But the, the one that kind of like really changed my perspective on it was senior of high school. I had, I was going, you know, I was staying up at, at Brewster living at school. Okay. Um, so it was hard to get, like, jujitsu training in, so I'd get it whenever I could. So I went home on, like, a weekend. I think it was 
on a Sunday, we had like an open mat or something like that. And I was training and it was just one of those like instances where like I move at the same time as somebody else moves and you guys just connect. So I caught like a knee to the head. Oh shit. And I mean, like, like I said, like, you know, you get hit in the head all the time, like just being like doing physical activity and whatnot. So I didn't think much of it. Mm-hmm. The next day we went to play uh pickup lacrosse, just like getting ready for the season. Cause this was like. Like kind of like uh like late winter, like almost springtime. Okay, and, uh, I'm gonna stop you right there because I have no idea what pickup lacrosse is. So pickup lacrosse is just like it's like outside of practice. So it's oh, kinda like oh, oh. so you'll hear like a lot of people like an open mat. Yes, exactly. Okay. So like a lot of athletes, like basketball players is a good example. They go, they play like their whole lives, play through like high school, whatever. And then once they get over, uh, get older, they have like pickup leagues. So like you hmm. and your friends like make a team, and you guys go play other older guys who also like just play with their friends. So it's more of like a casual thing. Oh, okay, more for the hobbyist. Yeah. So this was kind of like that because we couldn't have any like official practices yet because we weren't in season. Or oh, okay. Like that. So um, we were playing, and I I got you know you wear a helmet, so I had like. My helmet on. And yeah, like, they have, a, like, a cage, right? Yep, so, like, you don't get hit in the face and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I had caught a pass, and um, a guy, like, poked. Uh, the guy who was covering me poked me with his stick, and it hit me right in the face mask, and, like, usually it's not a problem. But since I had got concussed the day before without knowing it, it knocked me out. Oh, wow. So I got something called second impact syndrome. Really? So it's when you get concussions in, like, multiple succession, and it's, like, really bad. I remember, like... You know, the same kind of mentality, like, oh, I got hit in the head, it's whatever, but I was um, talking to my girlfriend at the time, and uh, she was like, Mason, you're, like, slurring your words, like, you can't text, like, what's going on, blah, 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 are you drunk, are you this, are you that? Oh, Jesus. And I was like, no, no, I don't I don't know what you're talking about, like, nothing happened, and then it dawned on me that I had getting really? got hit in the head a couple times, so I went and saw, like, a, our trainer, and went through, like, the concussion protocol, and then had to see neurologist and all. Holy shit. All that fun, fun stuff. So that was kind of, for lack of a better term, the beginning of the end of, like, my lacrosse, lacrosse? career. Yeah. No shit. Yep. I mean, you. it's a dangerous thing, you so know? It's, it, it's like fighters, you know? Yeah. Once that chin goes, it doesn't, it doesn't come back. I mean, the body just literally goes, we can't do this, and it shuts down, and it's a dangerous situation. Yeah. 100%. Holy shit. And you figure that's like your most powerful asset in life is your mind. So, yeah, it's not something that you <laughs> yeah. really want to play around with, you know. No. So, holy shit. So yeah. that ended the career in uh, in lacrosse. Yes. Um, and is that is, is is that when how many years ago was this? This was not super. This was like pre, yeah, I was gonna pre-COVID, say. like 20 2019, I was my junior year in college, and that okay. was the first year that I started. So about three years ago? Yeah, that's when I decided to start. Right. Has it been three it. years? I feel like with those two years lost. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's I crazy. always lose track of, like, time and distance now. Yes. Like, we're, oh, I, like, we were talking the other day downstairs, and I'm like, yeah, no, that was, like, two years ago. And my wife's like, no, that was four years ago. Yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot we were we two lost years, two. Like felt like a month or yeah. I mean, uh, the whole the whole lockdown and everything that we went through. I feel like everybody's kind of on the same page. We never really remember how long ago something was. Now we're yeah. always off by a year or two because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting but time for sure. You so so that all happens. Your lacrosse career is ending, 
but you're still doing jujitsu in between all of this. Yeah. So kind of how like my jujitsu progression went is, um, I, as a kid kind of did it like on and off. I was kind of more into the MMA. I actually didn't really like jujitsu as a kid. Really? Um, it's pretty, fu- it's pretty that's, funny to say that now, that's wild. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I didn't really enjoy it too much. Um, back then it was, I think a lot tougher for the kids to get into it because it's, it's not as big as it is now. So yeah. Now, okay. Like, you go to the Academy, you see there's a huge kids program. Like there's like the adult classes back then it was like, like, you know, you got like training like more or less where you could. So there, if I remember correctly, there wasn't really a kids class. So I was having to train with the adults and, okay. you know, my dad being my dad, all the, the beatings that people wish they could have gave him, I was receiving more or less oh. as a kid. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I, I definitely think it's a good thing cause it definitely like made my jujitsu what it is, yeah. but, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, it wasn't very, very fun and you know, jujitsu is hard. So for a kid to like be in that setting with adults who are like really going after it, it was, it was tough. So I was more into the striking. Starting out, um, but then what happened was is my before I went to Brewster, I was going to a public school. I went to Pinkerton Academy. Um, I was still like splitting time between living at my mom's and my dad's. I had made the decision that it was better for me to like stay with my dad full time. So what was happening was is when I moved in there full time, I would get home like you know I'd go to school. I would go do like my training for lacrosse after after school, whether, um, you know, like when we were out of season, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go lift with, if you remember Cody, Yep. um, I would go like work out with Cody and he'd help me like on the field with lacrosse, like oh, skills okay. and stuff. So, wow. um, but you know, I'd get home around like five o'clock. So from like five to like 10 PM more or less, I was at home by myself because my dad and uh, my stepmom Laura were always at the Academy. Um, like, you know, from five Till that time, like, that's, like, the prime time in the academy. Right. So I was spending a lot of time by myself, so I was like, man, screw it. Like, I'm just going to, like, start training jiu-jitsu again because, like, I just don't want to, like, sit here in the house by myself, you know? Right, right. And what age was this? This was this was about 16. 16? About 16, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Because, actually, I was, um, like, a yellow belt in jiu-jitsu, and I went and went back to, like, my first open mat. Um, okay. And once you're 16, you're, like, in the adult ranking system. Right. So it's you're not allowed to be, like, a yellow belt at, like, 16 years old. So my oh, dad, okay. You're my not allowed was, to yeah. be. But what... So he was he, forced to give me my blue belt. He was forced to, but is the yellow... I thought there was an orange one. Is Yeah, it? so that that's, like, the progression of the, the, the ranks. It's a little different now. There's, like, a gray belt now. But, like, when I was coming up, it was, like, white, white with yellow, yellow, orange, and then green, I believe. But now they have more ranks because it kind of keeps the kids more engaged, like keeps them working towards something. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Once you, you get green belt, you can't get promoted until you're 16. So if they push it off a little bit and give them a couple more to strive for, hopefully keeping them in there until they hit that green and then they turn 16, you automatically get, get that the, blue. the blue belt. So yeah, I wasn't even training and I got Wow. A, a yeah. My, my nephew just got his uh, blue belt because he oh, just turned awesome, 16. Man. So now he's Very cool. yeah yeah it was a pretty exciting day for him. Yeah, where so. does he train? Uh, 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 gent, the gentle, gentle art dojo. Is yes, in, in Mass. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. yes. I've, yeah, I've yeah. my uh, brother-in-law form. has his uh, brown belt. Oh, there. that's awesome! Man. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. no he's, idea that you had other. People oh, within well, the family. he was one of the first ones I ever spoke to about jujitsu, and then um, on my what. Uh, 
My wife's family is split up as well. So okay. we got her dad's side and we got her mom's side. This is her dad's side. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden on her mom's side, my uh, 15-year-old nephew got into jujitsu probably about, well, eight years ago. And that, cause now I'm hitting, I've hit eight years now. Uh-huh. And, uh, so what happened was, is I was like, what is, what is he doing? And they were talking about jujitsu. I heard a little bit about it on Rogan cause I was listening to yeah, him yeah. back then. And I was like, man, I really want to try this. And then I went over to my friend's house who got me into Joe Rogan and he had a gi from PMA on his countertop. Who was that friend? Ah, uh, Hugh Murphy. Hugh Murphy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so then you knew like Rob before the academy yes. as well. Then, and that, yes, that's I really did. cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two so two we're all we're all kind of connected in a way. And I was like, "You're doing this now too? What the fuck?" And he's like, "You got to just do it." And yeah. I kept making up excuses. I can't fit it into my schedule. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then I realized I was making up excuses. But that's also back when I was drinking, so everything was an excuse yeah. back then. Yeah. And I finally bit the bullet because him and my friend Nigel were both doing it. Okay. And I was like, all right, well then I'm going to do it. I found the time I'm going to schedule it and I'm going to join right after I joined. They went to the Brazil thing. There was a, there was a Brazil, like a, uh, like a trip maybe. Yeah. There was like a trip. So, so him and Nigel both went to this trip, came back from the trip and then never went again. Man, that's crazy. And I had just that's started. Crazy. They were on the trip. Uh-huh. I went to my first couple classes. I was waiting for them to, to return, come to come back onto back. the mat. <laughs> I think I think Hugh came back once. Yeah. And then um, he when when Rick opened up his school in Plastow, he met me there once, and we worked with Rick. Oh, nice. And that's how I got that's how I started going to Rick's class because I I found it you know it was Thursday morning it was working towards my schedule a little yeah, bit yeah. better so I ended up uh sticking with it I stayed with it and I'm the only one that stuck with it yeah you know and, what I mean and, and that's kind of how that fell but when my nephews were getting into it I was just super intrigued and I was like hearing about it and I'm like what is this you know yeah. and I needed to get out of all these different comfort zones, all these zones that I was in, yeah, I couldn't be around. Do that. I, yeah. I couldn't be around crowds. I didn't like bare feet. Uh-huh. I mean, there was just so many different things I was dealing with, and jujitsu squashed all of that yeah. for me. I think so, jujitsu is a beautiful tool in that sense because it it really like it really shows you how life is. Yeah. It really shows you that, like, if you want something, you have to work towards it. You know, and I think it has. Uh, not only does it do that, but it, 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 if you think of almost anything that you're doing, and you put jujitsu before it, hundred percent, it's it's all the same. hundred percent, it applies to everything. Everything, absolutely everything. And you know, being six years off of alcohol and stuff like that, it really has showed me how. Like, even with my new position that I'm doing today, I can just. If I get overwhelmed, I just stop, I breathe, and I just think about it. And it's like, okay, this is like having trouble with a move right now. Yeah, I'm having trouble remembering it, but if I just keep doing it, it'll eventually click. You'll eventually get it. Exactly. Yeah, so I apply it to almost everything in my 100%. life. But you, back to you getting your blue belt. So now you've gotten your blue belt because you had to be graduated. Yeah. And then you, you're... you're you're still doing lacrosse at this time. Yeah, so I was still doing lacrosse. It was kind of like, you know, like lacrosse is in the spring. It's a spring mm-hmm. sport. So Oh, had, it is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> so I had a, I had more time in like the fall, the winter, and the summer. I mean, I played summer lacrosse, but um, 
had more time like in the off seasons. So that's when I kind of like, like I said, I was moved back in like full time with my dad and they were always there. So I didn't want to be alone. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go train. I'm going to go train. And, uh, that's kind of when I like started to like really like jujitsu. Okay. And, um, around that time is, is when I decided to go back or I decided to go to boarding school to go to Brewster. So that took me away from jujitsu. Right. That was really like the turning point for me where I was like, it really showed me. Since I was always around it, and this was the first time that I moved far away from it, and I couldn't, didn't have the access to do it when I wanted to, it showed me how much I like, how much I needed it, and how much it meant to me. Oh, okay, all so, right. So, so you were like almost missing it while you were at lacrosse, even yes. though lacrosse was a big love of yours. Yes, you were like, I'm really missing class right now, uh-huh. kind of in the back of the brain. Yeah, and you it, got that. And that, it the, was, the bug. Um, it was kind of like you know, I think, just the way that society is 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 like you know, like the what what every parent wants for their kid, like more or less, and like what you know, like the the ideal life is is like okay, like I play sports, like I'm an athletic kid growing up, right? I go to college, like I get a degree and then I get a good job. You know, and I think um I think that I, I kind of like fell in that path a little bit. And then when I went to Brewster it started to like wake me up to like what really mattered to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was when it started to like I started to have like a disconnect within myself. Interesting. So and this like, is at what age? This was, I was like about 20, s- uh, about 17, because this is still, still oh. high school. Still this high is still school. high. Brewster is high school. Yes. Brewster's oh, okay. High school, yeah. I thought it was a college. So I went to snoo for college. Brewster was, so I did, um, for high school, I did three years at Pinkerton. Oh, okay. I graduated um, from Pinkerton. Yeah. It's a huge school. Class of 98. That's when I was born. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, dude. It's so crazy. It's fucking wild to me. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so it was kind of like a decision to kind of like pursue the lacrosse a little harder. You know, I was having trouble in the classroom. So Brewster was supposed to be a place where, and it, and it really was, is a place where, you know, they help you get on the right track, like help you in the classroom. I had, um, like to the point where like, I'm, I'm working like one-on-one with someone there teaching me how to like allocate my time to study, like how I take notes, like how do I go about writing papers, like stuff like that. Oh, you know? So right. they really helped, helped in that in that sense and like Brewster all together was just like a beautiful school I met my best friends there like to this day like you know the guys that that'll be be like standing next to me on my wedding day and stuff like that those guys so I'm really appreciative of Brewster um and what it and what it did for me and and you know like it gave me the opportunity to go to college and have that experience but I'm mostly grateful for the fact that it opened my eyes like I was saying that like what's really important to me and what were you finding that was more important to you at that time? Was the, the jiu-jitsu. It was just, I don't, you know, like, it's one of those things that I, that, that's hard to describe, but it's like, I kind of have this, like, approach to life now where I just do what sets my heart on fire. And jiu-jitsu is one of those things that sets my heart on fire. That, like, regardless, you know, like, there's days you don't want to do anything, but, like. Of course. But there's, like, two things that I need to do every day, and that's play guitar and, and, and train jiu-jitsu. Those are, like, the things that set my heart on fire. So like I think it opened my eyes that it, it really showed me what I was passionate about when I went to Brewster and um yeah, I think it just it really started to stem from there and then, you know, any chance I had to train while I was up there, I was getting as much training as I could. My dad would come on 
the weekends, like bring mats and we'd set up mats somewhere on campus and like, Oh really? And get some training and, and Dude, stuff. That's yeah. so dope. Yeah. Wow. So I, I was definitely blessed to have that. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, like a lot of people don't have that opportunity. Well, I'm sure he does. Like, I, I feel like Tim never shuts it off. No. Like if, Dude, it, that, if he's a worker, if, like he if, blows if my there's mind some, if there's a four, the eight by eight spot, you throw a mat down and he'll just start going to town. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like it's just, he's, he's amazing. That's it. it. He's amazing. You know what I mean? So that's, that's awesome. So now you're, you're 17, you're finding yourself, you're finding your passions. And when did you start competing? So I started, Be- um, so I when know? I started competing actually was, so I did my my junior. I finished my junior year at Brewster. I still remember the phone call. I can picture exactly where I was, and <laughs> like I was sitting on um, you know, like I would talk to my dad a lot. I'd call him every day while I was at Brewster, and uh, we were on the phone one day, and I was sitting on like the little staircase in the back hallway that I normally sit on when I would like talk to my dad, and he goes, "Oh man, like we're gonna have this uh, this young black belt come up. Like he's like has amazing jujitsu, blah blah blah, like." He's going to come spend the, the summer with us, and, and uh, it's going to be really good. And I was super excited, man, because, like, I would spend all my time at Brewster on YouTube watching, like, jujitsu videos of, like, the top-level competitors. Like, oh, okay. There's all these guys, and, you know, I was like, oh, man, now I'm going to be able to train with someone at this level. Like, this is going to be amazing. So that's when Lucas came. Yep, that's and, who uh, I figured we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. so then that's, uh, that's when I started competing. That's when you started yeah, competing. Yeah, I kind of just followed him around to all the tournaments. That that, that, that was... 2016. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that was like uh, six, seven years ago now. Yeah, so that's when I started started competing. And How many competitions have you done up to this point? A lot, man. Really? A lot, yeah. I've done, you know, I've had definitely been fortunate enough to, to like, travel, see a lot of cool places, got the opportunity to compete in Brazil, which was, like, amazing, you know, and... uh yeah, I, I don't know how many, honestly, but I've I've done a lot and every time, you know, like uh I've never gotten the results that I that I wanted. Okay. Um but I think that's like a beauty of the process because it kind of shows you like I think I'm kind of eager to like try it again because I think when I was uh competing before, I was competing for the wrong reasons. Oh, I see. I was competing for the recognition for the acknowledgement, the, okay, my jujitsu is good. So now I need to go prove it to everybody that my jujitsu is good. So I have to go like win this tournament and I got to go win this and I got to go do this or, you know, so I think, um, I put a lot of pressure, unnecessary pressure on myself. And now I'm kind of at a point where I think, you know, I think it's a good challenge for yourself. It's, it's a really good idea. Okay. I see. So instead of you being like, my game is this, and now I need to go show everybody my game. You'll show up to a competition, and you'll see what you can learn from it. See while what I you're can there. learn, yeah, and and really just challenge myself. You know, like I think I think vulnerability is really important in life. You know, I think vulnerability is how people connect. Yeah, I think, you know, like if you can approach everything in your life with vulnerability, like it's not easy, obviously, no. but but I think it's really important. So I think that like competition, putting yourself out there. Um, is one way, like one avenue to do that. You know, every time you step on the mats, you're putting yourself in a, in a vulnerable position. Yes, because like you know, out on the streets, everybody can kind of like hide behind right like, their ego, whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna, whatever call you it, wanna call it. Right. You know, jujitsu <clears throat> really brings like who you are, like to the surface. Yes. When you're in those bad positions, it brings who you are to the surface. 
So I think that um, competition is just another another way where you can like really learn more about yourself. And like the obviously like my, at least my goal in life is just to be the best version of me. So I think that um, competition is is a good avenue for that for sure. Wow, good that's avenue. that's awesome because I. I've always been nervous about competitions. I've only done the inner school one yeah. once. I have a good and story for you. Yo, go. Story for you. So, Tell me. So you know Eduardo Hockey. Yeah. So Eduardo, man, like brown belt, no gi, and gi world champion. Like, man, like an amazing competitor, has like double gold at so many competitions throughout the ranks. You know, he's at black belt now. Like, yes. Winning gold medals and stuff. And I remember before I was a purple belt, we were in Florida. We were going to fight Pan Ams. And, uh. I was talking to Eduardo, and I said, man, do you ever get nervous before competitions? Like, I always get so nervous. Like, my nerves will, like, overtake me sometimes, and I, and I like, can't, like, bring myself back to, like, who I am, like, grounded, you know? And uh, he's like, man, I get so nervous before every fight, before every fight. He says, like, every day, like, every time I go compete, like, I walk in there, and I'm like, man, like, what am I doing here? Like... I could be sitting at like sitting at home on the couch eating Ben and Jerry's, like watching my favorite show on Netflix. And the example he gave me as why competition is so beautiful and why what we do is so beautiful, he used a, an Uber driver as an example. Okay. So an Uber driver, ready? This is this is the life of an Uber driver. You wake up, you have your breakfast, you get in your car, you drive all day. This is how your day goes. You drive all day. You go home, you sit on the couch. You eat dinner, whatever, watch your show, go back to bed, wake up, do it again. And your life is always like this. Yep. When you go to compete, you show up at the tournament. Man, what am I doing here? Like, I can't believe I'm here. What am I doing? I'm not ready for this, blah, blah, blah. Then you go out, you fight, you do well. Man, that was the best experience of my life. Yeah. I got to fight again. Oh, my gosh, this was great. Oh, I lost. Like, you know, it's the up and downs. Up and downs. That make it worth it. And I heard that gave a, me goosebumps. That's why I had a really good quote, bro, the other day um, about a heartbeat. So like without highs and lows, think of a heartbeat without highs and lows. And you relate it to a heartbeat. It's a flatline. Yep. When you flatline, you what? Die. You die. Yep. So it's those highs and lows that keep you alive. That make that's what makes up life. Right. So, I, I agree with that so much. You know, just being where I am today and the message that I'm always trying to get across is that you have to get out of that comfort zone. hundred percent. If you're in a comfort zone, you're not going to grow. You're going to just stay. And if you were it, comfortable, you would never move. Right. And it's like, that's so the, the last six years of my life have been nothing but getting out of that, just throwing it all away mm -hmm. and starting over or working on something brand new. And that's such a beautiful thing, man. We all need to do it. It's so important. That's what life is, right? Yeah, I really do believe it is because if we were meant to be comfortable, I think we'd all be comfortable. Yeah, and, and I think it's 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 very easy to choose to be comfortable. But most people that are happy today or most people that are moving forward, you know, a lot of people get mad at the rich or they get upset with these people that have it so easy but then you, you listen to their heart, stories your and it was all up and downs. They yeah. were always unsure of themselves. And so now I don't look as at the rich people as this thing that I could never acquire. I look at them and I go, well, look at, they're not sleeping. They're working all the time. They're doing yes. this, they're putting themselves out uh -huh. there. And if I keep doing that myself, I may not get to that level, 
but I'd be able to get to a level. But you can get to that level. Okay. Yeah, I possibly 100%. could. I'm a little 100%. older, so I yeah. I still have a little doubt. But it all, st- <laughs> it all stems from here. The first step is believing, man. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The first step is believing. That's that's it, it. It's gotten a little bit easier to believe in myself today. Like, uh-huh. all the stuff that I've done so far up to yeah, the, man, up to today. What you've accomplished is amazing. It, I think what you've accomplished is amazing. Because, like, it, like the stuff that, like, I say this all, uh, to almost everybody that comes onto the podcast, but thank you I'm, for having me, by the way. Yo, not a problem, man. It's my pleasure. But I just, you, you're so fluid. Uh, every because everybody that comes on is a much higher belt than me. You've all been doing it so much longer. So when we're rolling together, I'm just like I can feel when you're kind of letting me try something uh-huh, uh-huh. and then i can also feel when you're like oh okay i'm done Poop, and it's just over and it's like i i i am looking forward to the day when i get to do that because yeah. i still have these uh feelings and thoughts of uh where am i going what's this what's next what's that and uh-huh. and, and when i'm when i'm rolling with you or tim or uh drew or rich or rob it's just like you guys just have this fluidity to you and i'm just uh-huh. like man that's so and amazing just experience man. right it's just time on the mat you know that's all it is there's no there's no secret sauce or anything it's just like you show up you do the work and then that's how you get to that level you know right like and no, it just no becomes secrets. it becomes it so i know that i gotta keep working at it and eventually that'll all just come together 100%. but it's like when you're in it you're just like I, I, I gotta get there. I gotta yeah. get there. Yeah, you know and what I mean? man, that's uh, that's something that I've been working on a lot uh, because, like, recently, like I've mentioned before, I started playing the guitar. I've been playing for about a year now, and like, there's nothing more that I want than to be able to play like Stevie Ray Vaughan or right. to play like Jimi Hendrix. So, so now, so with that, you've now taken yourself out of your comfort zone again. Yes, because now you're starting with something that you have no experience uh-huh. in. And you're trying to get experience yeah. at it. Yeah, and I think, and I think, um, I think it's become, it's definitely become a huge part of my life. Like, it's changed the way that I approach everything. Like, um, like the way that I approach jujitsu, the way that I just like approach life. It, it, it really has like had a huge influence on me. And, um, and I'm just like so grateful. I, I have a, a really good friend, a guy that I met. Um, he was my roommate at Brewster. His name's John, man, and he's an amazing, amazing player. And uh, I was going through a tough time. And, uh, you know, anytime I'm going through a tough time, those guys always always can pull me out of it. And uh, I went to visit him when he was living in Connecticut at the time. And uh, he just, like, sat down and he was playing his guitar for me. And I was just like, man, like, this is so crazy. Like, I can't believe, like, a human being can do this, you know? Like, and I was like, you know what, maybe this is something that I want to do. And I had mentioned, uh, mentioned it to him. And I think like in that world, there's a lot of gatekeeping. Like people don't want people to start because maybe like, okay, like if this guy starts, maybe he'll be better than me. Or like, you know, if this, like, they kind of like keep it for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was very like, man, like here, like buy this guitar, like get this, get this. And every step of the way he's been like, like helping me. So I'm definitely like very grateful to to have him. But, um. Yeah, I for, I'm sorry, I forgot what I was going No, with no, that, no, it's absolutely fine, because actually I wanted to touch on uh, what you had just said a moment ago, because one of the other things that I, I, I do with this podcast is I I want to, I want more people to tell their struggles. Yes. And you just said that you were going through a struggle in your uh-huh. life, and I'm not saying it's 
life ending struggle, but it could have been life ending struggle 100%. in your mind. Yeah. And, and if you, if you would touch on that, because I think it's so important, like my struggle, uh-huh. alcoholism, firing my gun off in public, going to jail multiple times, all kinds of shit. I was yeah. ruining my life, but I turned it around and I got out of it uh-huh. and I'm, I'm where I am today because of it. Um, you know, uh, so many people have come on here with major struggles. Life, uh, uh, you know, Elijah came on and, yeah, and, 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 and Miguel and, and so many others, Rick yeah. and, um, and, and they all had life struggles, uh-huh. but they came out of that struggle on the other side, a stronger person. Of course. And if you, if it's not too much to ask, would you touch on your not struggle and, 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 and kind of explain how. Uh, you you got through it, and and I believe um, we're all stronger people when we actually 100%. deal with our struggles head on, and that's and then that's come the, through it. That's a beautiful thing, man. I, I uh, like to think I went to a lacrosse camp, uh, and I'll I'll talk about my struggles in a second. But yeah, I uh, I, I went to a lacrosse camp, like a recruiting camp, and uh, there was he was the I for, I'm I don't remember his name, but mm-hmm. he was the the head coach for the Fairfield men's lacrosse team, and he had battled cancer. Um, beat cancer, like super inspirational guy. And he told this story about the difference between a cow and a buffalo. Okay. So a cow, when a storm is coming, a cow runs away from the storm. Okay. Now, eventually the storm catches up to the cow and the cow keeps running in the direction of the storm. So they're keeping themselves in the storm. Uh, Does that make sense? Yes. A buffalo, when a storm's coming, they turn and they run into the storm head on. Eventually, the storm passes. Oh, I see. I so see. I, yes. I kind of like to, you know, take that approach to struggles. Like you said, like it's 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 important to to, to face it head on. Um, so in terms of like that that struggle, I was just struggling like within myself. I was kind of at a point where I was getting kind of burnt out with the jiu-jitsu. Um, I was man. I was like trying like like going really hard at the competition training three, like two, three times a day. And I kind of got really lost in it. I kind of lost sight of who I was like in the pursuit of, of achieving, like of essentially going for gold medals to prove to other people that like I had good jujitsu. And, you know, I really lost myself in that. So I, I kind of had taken a step back from jujitsu and I was really lost, man, like really lost. I didn't know, really what to do with myself and uh you know like having people around me just like the people like talk about like my friends and my family and stuff they obviously like supported me through everything but the guitar came in at a time when I needed a, a passion to balance out my other passion okay so the guitar was like a really balancing thing like I don't think if I didn't if I didn't have the guitar um I wouldn't be doing what I am doing now. Really? I don't know if I would be involved in jiu-jitsu because guitar is like an outlet for my outlet. Okay. If that makes sense because guitar, uh, originally jiu-jitsu is my outlet, and uh, I'll, I'll touch on that in a second. Um, but originally jiu-jitsu is my outlet, but then it, become more, it has become a profession, right? So like within profession, there's obviously you have problems and struggles and stuff. So it was hard to outlet from my profession when my outlet was my profession right you know yeah 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 i'm following you 100 percent. so so the guitar kind of gave me that outside of it and um 
you know, talking about like how I really like the expression and stuff like that's what music is. is it's all self-expression. So it, it really uh, helped me get things out like the guitar. So like what I always like to say is the guitar says stuff that I don't know how. Oh, wow. the guitar okay. says stuff that I don't know how. So there's there's things, you know, like I'm 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 young. Like I talk about being vulnerable. It's it's a, like a never ending process, like being able to express myself openly, like with like 100 percent transparency. You know, I think that's like the real courage in life. But it's something that you have to work towards. You know, it's like just like training, like every day you show up to train jujitsu. It's the same kind of thing in life. You know, you got to work at it every day. So right now, the guitar is 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 helping me express the things that I that I don't know how, you know, like the the, the feelings, the emotions, the stuff, you know, that uh, that trip me up that I can't put into words yet, you know, and it helps me process those things. So without the guitar, I don't think the jujitsu would be what it is, you know, like everything balances itself out. But um. Wow. You know, to, just to use this platform, I think it's it's good to talk about struggles, right? Like you were saying, because, like, a lot of people have struggles. And, uh, you know, we go back to talking about, like, kind of how, like, in Brewster, I started to feel, like, kind of see what was, like, valuable to me, like, what I cared about mm -hmm. like, being, like, jujitsu and stuff like that. And, you know, when I went to college, man, it was such a hard time for me because it really took me away from myself. Okay. Because I was doing things that, you know, I was studying something that I didn't enjoy. I was playing lacrosse, but I wasn't really, like, 100% into it anymore. You know, it wasn't, like, something that I, like, was dying to do. The jiu-jitsu is what I was dying to do, you know? Right. So, um, I was kind of, like, lying to myself, you know, saying that, like, that's where I wanted to be. And I think, you know, as as human beings, we look... Or ways to escape from our problems. Yes. So I went down some some bad paths in school and college, um, where you know, I resorted to the wrong things to to cope with with what I was going through. Okay. Know? And I think that can you know if you continue down those paths, like it's not good, man. Like it gets it gets really ugly. Yeah. And uh, when I decided to. When I decided to stop playing lacrosse, I was very lost because I was at like a crossroads, you know, I was going to school more so to play lacrosse than I was studying. Okay. That's what was kind of keeping me there. Um, so I was like at a crossroads in my life where I had no direction. I had no purpose. I had nothing to work towards. So I was just partying a ton, like partying a ton, um, and, you know, just not going down, like, a good path. You know, really not going down a good path. And I wasn't, like, like I didn't think of myself as, like, a good person. Like, okay. I, didn't, I didn't feel good about myself. You know what I mean? Yep. So I kind of, like, isolated myself even more, which made things worse, right? Yep. So I was seeing a girl at the time. And, you know, I'm, like, a classic, like, hopeless romantic type of guy. Okay. Uh, all right. And. Uh, Aren't we all? I know. I know right? <laughs> we all are. We yeah, all want yeah. the, the, the movie quality stuff. Mm -hmm. but uh, Of course. But, you know, so, like, we had gone our separate separate ways. Things didn't work out, man. And I was just, like, I was just so over, like, life, man. Like, I was just, like, man, like, I don't I don't know what I'm living for anymore. I don't know what to do. And, you know, like, my dad was kind of, like, he was he was there kind of, like, you know, like, like okay, like, you're going to stop doing this. Like, we got to figure out what you're going to do, you know. And I was just, like, super lost at the time. I just didn't, didn't want to do anything. And I remember, like... I don't remember exactly what it was, 
But at this time, I had taken, like, uh, like throughout my whole college career, I didn't train jiu-jitsu at all. Oh, wow. Um, and I forget what, what it was, but I decided to go train jiu-jitsu one night. Oh, really? Okay. And that night, I trained, and after training, I felt alive. Oh, all right. It was right. the first time I had felt alive in, like, three years, you know? So I was like, oh, there's something going on here, man. There's something special about this. So then, like, the next day, I went back to train, and I felt the same thing, man. And I was like, man, like, I got to, I gotta like, really look into this, see what's going on here, you know? So I just, like, would keep training, and then I got to the point where, like, jiu-jitsu, like, started to become, like, my life again, you know? Like, I'm sure my dad's not going to be happy if he listens to this podcast to hear this, but... <laughs> Slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. Com. You're not sure how to spell it. It's right here at the bottom of the screen. Or you can click the link in the description below the video. And you can see I'm wearing Frankenstein's Monsters uh, shirt right now. And these guys have come out with all brand new clothing for 2023. They've updated everything again. I absolutely love this company so much. They came out with different colored socks. They got the tattoo gun stickers, the tattoo gun hats, the tattoo gun pin. I mean, just amazing. They did it in a shirt. I mean, they call it the snake and coil machine tee. These are these are so beautiful, so vibrant. I mean, how can you go wrong, right? It's the new year. Well, let's get some new clothing as well. I, I mean, they sent me the dagger and panther tee. Right, I'm wearing the Frankenstein tee. Um, look at this, the WTF crazy design. That is amazing. It's that tiger with the crown eating a skull. Um, I just love all these prints. They've updated Tiki, brought them back because it's Tiki 2022. And all of these are available right now. That's right. You go to slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com and you have access to all of these designs as I scroll through them. This stuff is amazing and you can get it right here. And now if you put in promo code T-O-P-H-E-R before you check out, you're going to get an extra 10% off this entire purchase. Yeah, not one item, your entire cart. Isn't that amazing? I think it's incredible. I have Slowdown to thank. I have all of you to thank for Slowdown sponsoring the podcast. So I can give a little bit back. 10% off the purchase. When you go to slowdownclothing.bigcartel today, before you check out, put in promo code T-O-P-H-E-R. Save 10% more off of the purchase. So for 2023, let Talking with Topher save you some money on your slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com purchases i was like you know i'd like have like a college class and it'd be like well there's training at this time so i would skip class and i would go train okay so i was choosing that's choosing to train because that's what made me feel alive you know that's what gave me purpose like that's what i was like okay like now i gotta stop doing this so my jiu-jitsu can get better i can gotta stop doing this because like i need to like be able to like wake up at this time and be ready to train and stuff so it really like Put me back on course. Jiu-Jitsu did, like, you know, like the classic saying, like, Jiu-Jitsu saved my life. Mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu saved my life, man. Yeah, For real. Like, without Jiu-Jitsu, I couldn't imagine where I would be. So, like, I'm forever, like, 
in depth of jujitsu, but I think, I think, you know, like when we struggle with stuff, it's so easy to like step back and isolate yourself and be like, man, like yep. I'm a victim. This is like only happening to me. Like nobody else is experiencing what I'm experiencing. Right. Yeah. We all I'm, feel that way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's why I talk about the vulnerability being so important because now I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I have a platform to impact people's lives. So I'm trying to be as open and as transparent so that people see, you know, like, um, it's a crazy concept to me, but there's people who look up to me now, you know, and like, I think it's important for them to see that I'm just like a normal human being who has problems, who has every emotion that everybody else has, you know, but like when you open and you like are vulnerable about it, you give other people the opportunity to connect with you yes, and know that, you know, like maybe their goal is to be like a black bone jutsu one day to know that like, just because they're experiencing this thing, like, like, uh, doesn't mean that they can't like achieve that. Right. You know? Because like the people who have achieved that have gone through everything that everybody else has, you know? Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree a thousand percent because to hear you say that actually is a little shocking to me because you've always had the jujitsu world around you. Uh-huh. And to hear you say that it, also saved your life, life once yeah. you found it again yes you've always had it but uh-huh. then you actually found, found it and yes. it actually was showing you that this is bringing you life and it actually is helping you uh heal in a sense 100 percent. and 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 so that's a little it's not i don't know if the word is shocking but i was like i was a little thrown back by that because like it's just always been yeah, there part, for you and that's the thing what i think um when I talk about, like, as a kid, I kind of took it for granted. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the impact that it had on my life and, and how and much of it, how much of me is jujitsu. You know? Right, right. And then you're 24? 24. Yes, oh, sir. I got it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so you're 24, and, I mean, there are so many 24-year-olds or 20-year-olds out there right now that, well, uh, we mentioned, we touched on it for a moment, but... Their lives were completely fucking destroyed uh-huh. by this virus. Yeah. And and so many of them have gone down dark paths and they're dealing with all these emotions that you just spoke of. Yeah. And they can't find a path out of it. Out of it, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Or Or now they're trying to get back into what they haven't been capable of doing. And it's not the same. Uh-huh. And it, it they're not finding those passions or they don't want to do, you know yeah, what I mean? Man, I, I always say, like, so uh, did, yeah. I'm super blessed to, to have found stuff in life that I'm passionate about, like being the guitar and, and being jiu-jitsu, you know, because I think that when you're, when you have something you're really passionate about, it makes life, a, like, life is hard for everybody. Everybody. Don't get me wrong, but I think it, makes life a little bit easier because you know the days that i feel terrible i pick up my guitar i play my guitar the days i feel terrible i go train jujitsu those are the things that ground me that bring me back to to who i am at my core you know i think uh you know there's a we have a cool um and i don't know it verbatim but we have a cool uh quote on the wall in concord it's called the shoe rack theory and essentially the 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 idea is is that every time you show up to the academy, you take your shoes off, you take your socks off, you leave your problems in your shoes. Yeah. You go train, 
you know, you get better. Like, it, it's going to be challenging, all this and that, but it shows you that you can do challenging things, right? Um, but essentially, the idea is that you train, and then when you go back to your shoes, that you're a lot more, like, capable of processing and, like, dealing with, with the problems that you're you're facing. You know? Yeah. So I think when you have those passions, it's it's really good because it connects you back to yourself, who you, like, truly are. Because you get lost in your thoughts a lot, you know. As a human being, it's supernatural, man. Like, you get lost in your thoughts, and you're like, man, I can't do this, I can't do that. Like, you can yep. go down a rabbit hole like that, man. Like that. Everybody does it. Uh-huh, and it's part, like, I think it's part of the human experience, you know. But I think when you have those things that can bring you back to yourself, and for me, it's jujitsu, for me, it's guitar, for me, it's hiking, nature. You know, you find those things that make you feel like yourself, and if you can do a little bit of that each day, you'll see like like you know ever since I've kind of a started approaching life that way I th- I've seen a lot of progression within myself like accepting who I am loving who I am as a uh, for me you know what right. I mean not trying to like please other people and stuff like that just you know I think the when you have passions it, it really helps you process life yeah no I I, gr- I I can't disagree with anything that you said I feel the exact same way and, you know, I just think that this message needs to keep getting out there more and more and more 100%. because uh, uh, people your age, you know, they, they watch podcasts, they listen to podcasts, they see all these rich comedians and famous people and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And they all had the same things. They all had struggles. Experience we all, them. and yeah. it just because of we're sitting here in this studio talking on these mics, life is not easy. Not it's all. not supposed to be easy. Nope. Uh, when I was a kid, w- my parents were my, my more my dad than my mom, but it's a different world today. 100%. But my dad would always tell me, life's hard. Get a fucking helmet. Like, that's the way it is. That's the world. Nothing's yeah. going to go your fucking way. And if you want something, you have to go you, and you get go it. For it man. You don't get it for free. But that's the beauty of it in my eyes, because it's when you have those struggles. Yeah when you work really hard for something that you can truly appreciate what it is, you know, it's like the idea of duality. And now, and now you've worked really hard at something and you've now acquired your black belt. Yes. Yeah. And now you have your own school. Yeah, man. And I have to, um, I have to thank Mike and and Melissa Rourke, Mike. And uh, if you don't know Melissa, it's Mike's wife. um, Oh, okay. For giving me the opportunity to be a head instructor, you know, like they're the, the owners of the Academy. Um, but I'm the one like doing, you know, doing all the instruction over there. And I just, oh, okay. So it is, it's Mike's school, Mike yes. and his wife. Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay. So all I'm, right. I'm just like, man, I'm just like so grateful for, for them, for giving me the opportunity, the platform to like have an impact on people's lives. And, and, you know, it's like always been kind of a dream of mine because, you know, like my dad has done it his entire life. So it's just, you know, it's like one of those things, like dreams you see, like dreams come into reality and, and, uh, you know, I'm forever grateful to them for giving me that opportunity to pursue what I love. That's so amazing. That's so amazing. Like I, I just, I love seeing this. I love seeing this, especially somebody at your age doing something like this, because this is, you don't hear of this very often. You know what I mean? Uh, most of the time, uh, well, when I, let's just put it in my perspective. When I was 24, I was nowhere near where you are. But man, I, I think on everybody's journey is different. You they, know? they are completely uh-huh. different, but the way I look at things and like uh, my nephews and stuff like that, you know, the one that's 16 is 
he keeps going in the direction he's going, he's he's doing amazing things. Yeah. And then my other nephew is more like I was. And I was like, man, that's a that's a hard road to go down, yeah. but he's going to end up learning from but, it. Yeah, and, that's, and that I think what's important to understand is like, you know, like, or important to remember is like you wouldn't be who you are or where you are today if you didn't experience those struggles. So I think that's what's like really important to understand, you know, like those struggles, they don't last forever. You know? Right. They don't last forever. There's always there's always better days on the horizon. Of course, of course. And yes. I think, you know, it's very easy to get lost in the struggle, but um but yeah, you just you just have to push through. Push through, man. You got to push through gotta. and 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 when you push through, that's when you know, that's when you're able to see how valuable like those struggles are and how necessary it is, you know, because like if you didn't have a day where you were depressed and down, you wouldn't know what it feels like to be happy. Right. If you were happy all the time, Happiness wouldn't be what it is, you know what I well, mean. Well, that 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 that's what I like to. I don't I don't call it something, but when we're in a struggle, we don't see the end of the struggle. Yes. But once you finally get through that struggle and you acquire the happiness and get rid of that struggle, get it behind you, we tend to have this amnesia of we forget what it was like to go through the struggle the or struggle, we forget yeah. the hard time and we're only remembering the good. Uh -huh. So when another one hits us, we think it's the end of the world again. Yeah. But in actuality, you already went through a hard struggle. You 100%. got to happiness. You're just dealing with another, another one. one. And, and, and I was kind of under the impression as we got older, things got easier, no. but that is not the case at <laughs> no, all. Man. Actually, it's a complete opposite. Yeah. As you get older, it gets more difficult. Yes. And as you get older, and you're living and getting through things, more and more people die around you. Yes. And I was like, because we, we, we actually, there was a gentleman that I worked with. There was a giant crash in Merrimack recently. Um, Super sad when stuff and, like and, and somebody crossed the line, hit him head on. And uh, my mom was actually telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, dude, it just happened. And uh, this guy, Sean, and I was on the maintenance team with him at Walmart back in the day. And I was, and they said that, you know, an 18 year old died. Well, it was his son. But then we found out that the entire family was in the car. They're all in the hospital right now. Yeah. I don't even think they know that yeah, he's passed. Yeah. It's so so it's, it's so unfortunate and I feel bad for that, but it's just like, this is, this is how life goes as, as we go on, the terrible things happen, people pass. And I feel like as I get closer and closer to uh, 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 in my mid forties, um, it's just more and more and more. And you know, a couple days ago, there was this guy that got diagnosed with diabetes. He gave it to himself. He decided not to take care of it, and that was twenty three years ago. And he passed January tenth. Yeah, you know, because he allowed that to kill him, and he didn't care, and he did whatever he wanted to. And, you know, my wife was really upset. And I'm like, look, he did it to himself. And she's like, well, what about the kids? And I go, I, I, it's really bad for the kids. But maybe, hopefully, They'll the kids will see that. what he did to himself and maybe yeah. not go down that path. 100%. Uh, it's, it's like it's uh, so, I it's saw troubling. this idea the other day. You choose your heart. Yeah. You choose your heart. You choose, like, so, like, diabetes was one of the examples they gave. But, you know, you can choose to eat healthy, take care of yourself, exercise, like do those kind of things. And it's hard. 
it's obviously hard. Like, it's, it's so difficult. It's not easy. Discipl- anything that requires discipline, I think, is is a sh- it can be like really a struggle because yes. there's days where you really don't want to do it, but those are the days you do have to do it the most. You know exactly. Um, but that was one of the examples they give. It's like you either choose to do that or you choose to deal with the hard down the road when diabetes as right a, as an example then you're putting yourself in like such a bad well, situation i get it all the time like uh, when we go to family gatherings and stuff and and sometimes a little bit from my my family as well i always tell them you know i got some restrictions i gotta take uh digestive before i eat stuff that i don't normally eat and everybody's making fun of me because like why are you doing this you know why won't you eat this stuff it just tastes good it's good it's great yeah. and i'm like because when I'm your age, I don't want to deal with uh-huh. gout. I don't want to deal with diabetes. I don't want to deal with uh, 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 diverticulitis, yeah. which are all diseases. Now, you, of course, diabetes, you can have diabetes 1, which is it, it's hereditary. Kind of born it, it, right, you're yeah. born with it. Yeah. That's different. That's completely different. But diabetes 2, you give it to yourself. Yes. Diverticulitis, you can give it to yourself because you don't have enough fiber in your diet. And if you know anything about the food industry itself, they've taken so much fiber out of the food that we eat today that nobody's getting the proper amount of fiber, which causes diverticulitis. So when I eat an orange instead of drinking orange juice, that's because I want fucking fiber. I need those things because I know that these things can be... Man, it can happen. It's crazy. Uh, I remember because I uh, lived in Brazil for a little bit, right? And uh, like I remember coming back to the U.S. One of the first meals I, I had, I was going to fight a competition. So I wasn't like eating bad food like Five Guys or Chick-fil-A or something like this. It was like we went to a restaurant. I got chicken, rice, and vegetables. And after being in Brazil, all the food there was like very like natural. I think in Brazil there's certain preservatives that they can't put in food that they can put in food here yeah there's a lot of stuff that we do here, here that, that nobody else anywhere will else do. right but uh you know i, I it was funny because i came back and i was like oh this is a good healthy meal but my body i felt it like in my body that it wasn't as good as i thought it was because my body was like used to getting the like really natural stuff yes. when i was in brazil so when i came back to the u.s and i had like my first meal i was like oh my god man like what's what's up with right stomach? like what's wrong you yeah know? So it's, cra- it's just crazy, man. But, how, how but they all make fun of me. They all do. And I'm like, look, hey, you guys yeah. all got problems. You're all in your 60s. Yeah. And you got major problems. But that's I don't the difference have between that. Like, the, like the instant gratification and the long term, right? Right. Because instant gratification, I eat this food now. Man, it tastes so good. Like I'm happy right now. But then down the road, I have to deal with all these problems that like... And it's not easy to restrict myself so much. No, man. It's hard. It's, it's part of <laughs> it. It's a struggle, man. It's not easy. You know it's, what I it's mean? Training. It's training. Like, like, like we talked about jiu-jitsu, man. It's training. Every day is training. You know? it, it is. It's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. And that's what you need to do in order to better yourself. 100%. In order to come out on the other side, a uh-huh. stronger, better person, is you have to deal with these things head on, figure out like what's going to cause an issue and try to avoid it. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that you've really uh, come a long way. I mean, I've only known you for eight years and I've seen a tremendous change in everything that you've been doing. And to see you now, you know, up in Concord, training the kids and doing all this stuff, I was just like, it's, it's so cool to see. And, you know, having your dad on and training with everybody, you know, like I tell all of you, it's just you are an extension of my family. It's it's yeah, it's man, more it really than just uh, acquaintances. You it know what I mean? Family, yeah. 
you know, and it's, it's, it's been pretty amazing to kind of watch you grow, you yeah, know, because I, I am the old man in the room. <laughs> um, even though somebody said I was, I looked 26 the other day. You so do look very young. That was, man. that you was a win. God, that felt good. Yeah. I was like, yes, but no. Jiu-jitsu's um, working its magic. Yeah, right? yeah. I think it's all the menthol cigarettes I used to smoke. It just trapped it <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at tw- in my 20s. So it just that's that's a joke I make. But um, it's just been so amazing to see you grow and see where you are today and to actually, you know, it, everybody thinks that everybody's got it so easy because we're all on the outside looking, looking at up. what you've accomplished accomplished and where you are right now 100 but the struggle and the discipline and what you had to go through to get where you are today was not any easier than what anybody else is going through if you put in the work you put in the time and you put in the effort this is what you get yeah and that was uh like getting getting my black belt really changed my perspective on things because realistically it was like the first thing that I like really accomplished in life because I dropped out of college, I didn't get a college degree. It was like the first thing that I, I kind of really saw through start to finish. And what I realized is that, that it wasn't start to finish. It was uh, start to start. Gotcha. Because what it really is, yes. is just that, that constant journey, that constant, like you have to have it. Yeah. There is no finish. There is the, no finish. The, we, you want to know when it's finished? When we're dead. Yes. That's exactly. when it's finished. That's exactly. when I stop learning. That's when I stop 100%. everything. Until you then, see, like a lot of people, man, like like uh, they stop doing what they're like passionate about. Like people like retire and they yep. stop doing what they love, man. And then like their health deteriorates. And yes. They deteriorate, and then they end up passing like a lot sooner than maybe they would have if they kept doing what they were doing. You know? I think most people today. That's the reason why they don't stop working. That's the reason why they don't Keeps stop with their passions because most people have realized everybody who retired is like dead. Yeah. They don't make it like more than five years. It's crazy. Yeah, because you just stop doing what makes you you, you know. Yeah, and you're not doing anything and you just deteriorate and fall apart. 100%. That's why like, you know, uh, again, I don't get a lot of sleep. Uh, I'm always tired, but I'm always going. I'm always doing the next thing. I'm moving on to the next step. Rest when you're dead, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'll get some sleep, maybe four, maybe five hours, six if I'm lucky. Yeah. That's a nice night of sleep right there. But I got to keep going because if I want to acquire the goals that I've set set for myself by the time that I'm 50 so that I don't have to work this hard, I want to earn the money to hopefully get me uh, to a point where the money can do some of the work for me. Yeah. And then, but then I can take a small break, but I, I'm not going to stop. No. And I gonna, think my dad's an amazing example. Just of that, keep man. going. Cause you yeah. know, like my dad, bro, like he's like, man, what he's done with the Academy is amazing. Like he's super successful with, with the business. And it's obviously because it's what he loves to do. Right. Yeah. And he just keeps driving at it. Uh, I love the new color scheme. Man, I it love looks beautiful it. In there. And that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, he's almost like 30 years in business and he's still making those changes. He's yes. still looking like where he can improve the academy, you know, and it's and it's all it's all for like the students. Like, you right. Know? So what, right. it's really it's really cool to see. I, you know, I think as a, as kids, we kind of don't appreciate our parents that much. And that's 100 percent true. And, uh, you know, now doing what I do, having kind of being in a similar position as to him, like I just like, man. Like, my dad's a superhero. Right. He's a superhero. What he does, man, like, 
And for you to see that at 24 is pretty incredible because I didn't see those things in my dad until yeah. I was in my late 30s. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still get, like, the occasional secondhand embarrassment when he tells a dad joke. And oh, wait. And yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. But, but, but you know, like, he But really you understand what he was telling you. You 100%. understand why he was telling you the now things I you were it. telling you. And now, now it's all... It clicking and now you're like ah shit i really appreciate everything yeah man so uh, it's and you know like we we butted heads a lot like when i I mean when i was growing up because we're very like-minded yeah and uh, boys always fight their father yeah like that's the one Uh thing it's like you a father is always waiting for the day where the son is going to fight back in a sense sometimes physical sometimes not but they're waiting for that day because they have to win They cannot allow you to win because then they lose control. Uh And I feel like, well, with my, me and my dad, you know, uh, I, I'm still like, I'm not as much today. Um, but when I was younger, I was afraid of them and it needed, it needed to be that way in order for the dynamic to work. Uh You know what I mean? But now as an adult and, and being a, a better person, for myself, I'm like, oh, I now get what he was doing. Yes. You know? And it's and I think that's like like now after, you know, like obviously I'm still very young. I'm still gonna experience so much in my life. Like my life really has just begun, you know. No, it has. But uh but I I, I think now uh, like seeing it like the way that I grew up in the childhood, like through my childhood and the way that he did things the way he did, I, I now see why he did it that way and what he, like what the the purpose of it was whereas you know like when you're when you're in the trenches when you're in the middle of that it's not as easy to see as clear you know right so then you're like oh man like my dad doesn't like me because he said this or like yes like, what's going on you know and and there's those misconceptions but like if you really think about it man like like I can't speak for all parents and I'm not a parent so I don't know but I I really truly believe that like like there's no stronger form of unconditional love than between a parent and a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it so hard because as kids you want to, you have like, you know, you think you know what you want to do and you think you know what's right. And your yep. parents have gone through that whole experience. Yes. And they kind of want to protect you from the things that they might've went through. They don't want you to go through those things. You know what I mean? So I think it's like, it's a really tough dynamic because it's unconditional love. So no matter what happens, you always have love for your children. But like, you know, like it, it's got to be like so like if your kid's hurting, you're hurting. You yeah. I mean? Well, like think about it. They don't there's no book out there, really, except for the one that Ben Greenfield yeah, just wrote about on how parenting, to a, how to be a how parent. to be a parent. Yeah. It's it, the, it's the toughest job there is, man. It's got it, it's got to be. It's got to be the most difficult thing in yeah. the world. I got I mean, almost everybody around me has had kids. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, I was unca- we were incapable of doing it. So, but so I'll never know how hard it is. Yeah. But what I see is everybody just trying to do the best that they can for their kids. For their kids it's always. Such a, it's such and a selfless like such you a You may not thing. do it right. But maybe you got to the right spot because yeah. of it. You, and it, I it, think um, something that um, that really helped me with kind of that kind of stuff, understanding that kind of stuff, is um, so uh, you remember Mariana. Mariana's uh, yeah. Uh, she studied psychology and a lot of stuff. And something that she would always tell me because I would always like feel so guilty about saying like stuff or like if I did something and it like didn't come across the way I wanted it to come across. Like I feel so guilty. Like man. Did I say that? Like, I'm a bad person, this and that. But, like, 
I think what's always like, super important to, to realize and what she helped me realize is that, like, you need to know where your intentions are. Ah, yes. So, like, like you know, like, maybe you might say something, you might hurt somebody's feelings, but, like, you know, the that you, that wasn't your intention. Right. And you can, and I've, from my experience, you can, you can clearly see when you're doing something with good intentions and when you can, like, you can feel it. Like, mm-hmm. you can feel it if you're doing something with bad intentions. Yes. There's a lot of, like, almost, like, hateful, spiteful no, energy. No, I, you know? I agree with you a thousand percent because I knew when I was doing something wrong and I knew how I felt. And yeah. now I know how I feel when I'm doing everything the right way. And uh-huh. if something goes wrong, I know that I was doing it with... Uh, uh, not ill intentions. Like out of love. Like right. it's out of love. Yeah. Everything that I'm doing today is because uh, I want to do the best that I can. And it's, and it's, and like whether you see that, other people see that, other people see that. Yes. Other people, like we talked about a little bit the other day, I remember, um, we were kind of chatting about the podcast and stuff. And yep. I told you that what really matters is pe- people see how much you care. Yeah. What you're doing like this, man, is amazing. Like you're so passionate about it. And like, that's why it's such a pleasure for me to be here. I I, I really love to like surround myself with that energy when people are excited and they're, they love something and they're excited to share it. I think energy is contagious. Oh, a hundred percent. You surround yourself with those people, man. Like you guys are just going to go, you guys are going to keep growing together and and it's a beautiful thing, man. That's something that I feel too. It's just like the positive energy I get in class and the positive energy I get from everybody around me. And now with my new position that I'm in, all I've been getting is positive, positive, positive. And it's like, it's uh, it's so amazing compared to what I used to deal with because all I put myself around was negative, uh-huh. negative energy, and I wasn't going anywhere. And Nothing yeah. was happening. And now it's the opposite. Uh-huh. The, all the doors are open. I can go through them if I need to, um, you know, and I, it, it's not easy. No, it's not it's, easy, but, but it's better. You yeah. have support. And I think things, everything in life that is worth it isn't easy. No. Of course like, not. Like playing guitar. Yeah. That's not easy. That's yeah. hard. And you spent, I spent hours, man, just yeah. playing the same little thing over and over again. But the first time that I like play it like somewhat smooth, I'm like, that's why I did it, man. Right, like, right. And I'm like, all right, and I can do this. That's like it, Tyler. He plays the bass. He's been working on his yeah, sax. Man, he's doing the so music. Amazing. And he's just so amazing. getting better and better. And he's doing things. And he's like, I mean, he, did, he he made his own music, and he's doing all kinds of yeah, shit with yeah. the music scene. And he does the, he has the intro for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's really the, cool, man. Yeah, it's, it's just like, a lot of respect but that him. takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Uh-huh. I usually have to hound him for that. I'm like, dude, well, come on, come on. Give, yeah. me, give me 30 seconds. Come on. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? But he's putting in that work, and he's trying to do it, and he's going to open mics, and he's starting to get back into it again yeah. a little bit more, but it's not easy. No. It's, it's not, and it really, it really isn't easy, but I think it's one of those things that, like, you know, you can decide to do what you're passionate about, and, like, like you can die trying, or you can, like, choose the, the easy path, yeah, and you can get, like, a comfortable job, Meh. and, you know, and then you live out your life, but what are you living for? I don't know. I had a comfortable job, and I had to get rid of it. Uh-huh. I had to, because I was bored. I was losing myself, even with jujitsu in my life and working out and staying active and doing yeah. all the stuff I was doing. I was miserable as a person uh-huh. because I was in a building by myself for 10 and a half hours a day. And now I've surrounded myself with people and I'm 
that's where I was meant to be. I was yeah. meant to be around people, having conversations all day. Like, it's so funny to me because, like, sometimes we'll have a little bit of downtime where we're just cleaning up and doing things, but we're still doing things. And everybody's like, ah, it's, it's so slow. And I'm like, you have no idea what slow is. Slow is six hours in a friggin' box nobody by yourself by your with nobody coming yeah. in. So I would yeah. just spend every day in my own head. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I love this. I'm yeah. always doing something. So I, 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 you do lose yourself in that comfort zone. That comfort 100%. zone is very dangerous, I, uh-huh. think. I think. And that's why I tell everybody, dangerous. blow it the fuck up. Get out of it. Do something new. Do something where you're going to fail. 100%. You're going to fail until you get it. And then you won't fail. But then you move on to the next step and you fail again. You got to keep failing to move uh-huh. forward. And I think that's kind of like the, the behind the scenes process, right? Is it's very easy, like especially with social media and those kind of things nowadays. It's very Instant. easy to see like the highlights, like all yes. this person just like, like for instance, you go on Eduardo's Instagram, you see, you see a bunch of pictures of him, right. gold, gold medals around his neck. Yeah. What you don't see is like, okay, how do I get to this tournament? How do I, how do I like uh, pay for food? Like, right. Right. Like, like you got to get there. You got to pay for everything that that led up to it, man. There's so much that goes behind the scenes and it's very easy to look at someone and be jealous of like what they've accomplished. But like, like we say, you don't know the full story. You don't. don't. And that's why I was bringing that up with you. There's so many 20 year olds and 24 year olds that may go to your Instagram and see your, you working at that school and doing all these things. Instagram, it looks amazing. But, (laughs) but this is a struggle it took for you to get where you are. 100%. And that's what's missing. Yeah. That's why that instant gratification, uh, social media, is kind of like toxic. Yes, it is 100%. You're, you're not getting the full, you're, oh man, I want it, you know what I mean? And then they got all these like filters and you like can that. look better. And I, I've never used a filter. I, I mean, I've used silly filters that uh-huh, completely uh-huh. change me. Yeah, I've used but I've them never, in the past, yeah. I've never used something where like, you know, you get rid of, you know, a scar on your cheek or make your eyebrows look yeah. better. I, I just think that those things are not healthy. And I think like the way that I kind of like approach life is kind of like this artist like outlook, like kind of like everything is art, you know, yeah. like to me, like that's what those are the things that make you, you, you know, like everybody's unique. Oh, I have this scar on my face. Like. Well, maybe nobody else has that scar. Like, this is, like, specific to me. Yeah. You know, like, you look at, like, jiu-jitsu. Me and you could both do an armbar from the mount. Okay, yep. But it's going to look different. Yeah. Because we're not the same person. Correct. And I think that's the beauty of things. Like, is, like, the... I don't know, like, I like the individuality. Like, being able to, like, express yourself and that kind of stuff. So, when kind of everybody's trying to fit within a like a guideline or like a rule set mm-hmm. kind of like an Instagram, like, Oh, I got to use this filter. I got to post about this. Right. This is trending. Like, yes, I think it takes away from, from, from people. You know, I, I've always like been kind of like the against the grain kind of guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've always like looked up to people that are like against the grain. Like you look back to like Jimi Hendrix, like, yep. Everybody was like, man, what's up with this guy? He's coming out on stage and all this like flamboyant, colorful clothing. Yep. And he's playing all this <laughs> yeah, yeah, loud, yeah. crazy, psychedelic music and stuff. And like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like he was so authentic with who he was and so sure of who he was. That's like how I strive to be. Like be right. so authentic that when people 
come to me and people see see me, there's no misconception. Yeah. Of who I am, you know? Yeah, and that's it. That's that's what I've been trying to do too. It's just to be authentic. It's a journey, you know. That's why I started this was to make sure that I don't go back to drinking, but also to show people that you can do it. Anybody can do it. And I was I was a complete shitbag. Like it was it was not good. Where I the road I was going down, I I mean I've even had doctors tell me that they don't know how I'm alive. Yeah, the amount of shit that I was drinking, the drinking and the destruction and just yeah. the chaos I was bringing into my own life and surrounding myself with all of those people. It was just not a good place. But now finding myself and bettering myself and finding things that make me happy, things that make me strive for greatness, all of that stuff is what makes me authentic today and i'm trying to show everybody that anybody can do this but you have to have the drive behind it and when i when i said fail i don't look at failure as a bad thing i look at it as a learning experience you're not failing you're learning failure is beautiful failure failure is beautiful because that shows that you it shows that you're trying to do something but you haven't reached it yet Yes. But every time that you fail, you learn what caused you to fail. Therefore, you can try again, and hopefully, the next time it works out. And it doesn't Maybe matter how get many just times. Just a little bit closer. Like hey, it could be like a like a centimeter closer to what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, it's just like trying to get an umplata. It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And then all of a sudden, it happens. Oh, it happens. And you're like, "Holy shit, I got it!" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what's that's when it's like that's when you can appreciate it. Yes, know? that's when you can appreciate. You it. know, it's just all that stuff is so important, and I'm just really glad you came on. Yeah, man, and, thank and, you so much and, for and had this you, conversation with so me, man. I'm telling you, the younger generation out there is looking for instant gratification, and everybody needs to understand that you're gonna go through some dark times, you're going to have good times, mm-hmm. and you're going to have hard times. And that's what makes life life. Yes, but that's also what makes us stronger. Yes. It's when you get through all of that. 100%. All of it. 100%. Dude, Mason, thank, thank you so much, so for, much for coming really on. Really I really, really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll have to do it again soon. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, everybody. I uh, hope you all out there have an amazing Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, I will talk to you later.